Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSport.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Happy New Year, football fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL podcast episode number 303. I'm your host, Christopher Jones, and we're here to talk CFL football. And it's a brand spanking new year, 2019. Is it June yet? We got six months before football. Actually, less than that. Training camps are in May this year. So, yeah, we're going to football. Everything is happening right now. We've got free agency, what, less than six weeks away? That's amazing. We got all the coaching staff changes right now. Everything's going around in circles. We got the NFL now is signing their extended roster, I believe it's called, or something like that. Anyhow, so players are being signed down in the States and everything else. We're going to find out what's going to go happen with a couple of big key quarterbacks. And, oh, my goodness, it's an exciting offseason. Oh, we got a CBA that's coming up. We got combines all over the place including mexico and what the hell's going on it's football season buddy well not till june but you know what i mean hey we're talking football it's a brand new year we took a month off through the month of december let our spouses have us back for a little bit away from football and uh, i i appreciate all the people who reached out to me and telling me that they missed the program and they missed their going through football withdrawals and uh, even neil kroll reached out to me today neil thanks very much and i hope you got a uh, picked out the perfect outfit for you to be uh, listening to the show tonight because i know that was a challenge for you uh yeah okay we're in a rock and roll we're going to talk some football i got the crew on and we're going to open up some mics to, right now uh, welcome to the show, Will McDonald. Happy New Year, my friend. Will, talk now. Turn on your mic. Talk Sorry, now. I just turned on my mic. Happy New Year to you is what I said. Um, I'm sure you did. Now, so that's, that's, that's two more times than I normally say it to you. Um, <laughs> I'm just, I, I, all I want to start the show with is I think the BC Lions have it right. You know why? Because if you remember, 15, 16 years ago, they hired Wally Buono. He was from Calgary, yeah. if you remember correctly, and they won great cups. Mm-hmm. Now they've hired now they've hired Clay Brooks, and they probably won't win great cups in the immediate future, but there's a possibility, so they got it figured out. And if they sign, you know, a number of Calgary players, I think they might be a pretty good team this year. So I might even cheer for them if you if did a quarter the of them years, Calgary guys. But you know, hey, what the hell? Well, I, yeah, because they were they were so unsuccessful. It wasn't my fault. No, okay. no, I, I, I'm not saying it was your fault. I cheered for them too. Didn't do any good. Yeah, I know. And and I've been accused of of, of drinking the CJ Kool Aid, which I don't normally do, anyways. But if that's the way people want to feel about it, then that's the way people feel about it. So. I don't have any Kool-Aid. It's more like scotch or rum or something. Okay, I could do scotch. I could do scotch. Yeah. I'm yeah. good with that. So, as long as yeah, we, as, don't, as long we as don't have, have CJ Kool-Aid, that's just not happening. As, 
as long as there's a CJ cigar attached to it, I'm good. Okay. Oh hell yeah. So, yeah, there we go. There we go. I'm perfect. Anyways, no, no, move on to the next person. I'm done talking. Are you done talking? Okay. Well, is, is it now. good to be, be back? Is it good to be back talking football, though? Come on. You, you know what? It's good to be back talking football, and I just finished. I was off for 10 days, and I did not think about work for one second of any day. And I feel rather rejuvenated. But that whole plan crashed today because I had to go to work, so... I'm sorry to hear that. It was good for 10 days. It was good for 10 days. Okay, so I've decided in 2019, Will is going to be less aggressive and nicer. What do you guys think of that? I don't believe you. I don't believe it when I hear it. New Year's resolutions were made to be broken, weren't they? Yes. I was just going to say. 90% of them are already dead, so. Absolutely. And I, yeah. just, I, I just wanted to give a big shout out to all those people who are, who were at my gym tonight. Okay. And I probably won't see you a month from now cause you'll all be gone anyways. Yeah, for sure. I agree with you there. It really pisses off those of us who go to the gym regularly. And now I don't go to the gym regularly and I haven't for a few years, but new year, January always comes along and all these idiots come out there and they try to work out. They want to lose weight and get healthy and everything else. All it does is get in the way of the people who really want to be there. Yeah. But the most important thing about that whole thing is spandex sales go up to fat people. Oh, did I say that? Whoops. Spandex is a privilege, not a right. Okay, it's a privilege. It's not a right. People shouldn't wear it. Don't deserve (laughs) it. Okay, let's let's move on to football. Mark, welcome to the program, my friend. How's our favorite bomber found? Doing good, doing good. Um, Will, are you getting tickets to the Grey Cup? Yeah, he'll get six. Does 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 a bear shit in the woods? You're going to get four for us, right? Will, you're going to get four for us, of course. Well, I can't can't promise you that right at this moment, but I am wrangling some other deals. So will there be four available tickets if you guys decide to come? Absolutely. Perfect. And, and and, And they will not be bleeders. Okay, I, I don't. I don't want to sit between Will and Charles. <laughs> I'm bigger uh, than that. Yeah, but face. I thought, insulting or not? Yeah, That's not I insulting. Thought, Charles. I thought, I'm just pointing out. I thought that. Uh, I, I don't thought, want to get near Russ I thought, either. I would thought Charles would invite Russ or invite Russ Gordon, and Mark can sit between those two guys. Well, don't forget. Yeah, uh, gee, you got um, Tony. Tony Dagenet. <laughs> And and Russ, there is no seat between them. <laughs> yeah, there's just, there's, no, there's no space there. Now I went to the Calgary game in, in Calgary this year with my buddy Will, and uh, uh-huh. he gave and you realize he gave his other two seats to this really 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 big guy, and he sat beside me, and I I'm between him and Will, and I'm going, I don't fit here. <laughs> <laughs> and and you you got to understand those seats were made for people in the 1960s. Okay, people yeah, were a little skinnier in the 1960s. Yes, they were. Yeah. 
not that I want to praise Edmonton, but I had nothing but room in their seats. So wow, that's that's nice to hear. Me and Russ but had to sit next to each other on a Russ plane. Russ and I. That was not all. Russ and I. That was not the most fun I'd ever had. But we survived. I bet. Anybody I watch on the board games this week? Roll with us. What's that? Anybody watch all the bowl the bowl games this weekend? On and off, I didn't see the whole thing. I watched part of the Orange Bowl. It was pretty much a, a beatdown. Yeah, that one was. I just love it. Damage Oklahoma. I watched Notre Dame and who was the other team? I can't even remember. Notre Dame and um, Dame and uh, come on, uh, the team that oh. pummeled them. It's, uh, yes, uh, Notre Dame uh, Clemson, and Clemson. And Clemson, and they say that they, Clemson's quarterback is the next one. So we shall see. He's only 19 years old, and he's six foot five and probably weighs 190 pounds, soaking wet. Wow. Did you watch the Ohio State game? I did so. Against the Huskies. Yeah, that quarterback did not get one Heisman Trophy mention. That guy's going to be, he's already coming out of the college next year. Uh, isn't Isn't the Heisman Trophy for losers? Pretty much, except they get the huge contract I mean, to start with. I mean, name one great Heisman Trophy winner. Very, very few. Doug Flutie. Uh, Doug Flutie, Joe Theismann. Yeah, and? Yeah. That's the thing is that you know, the guys that win the Heisman Trophy very seldomly go on to great professional careers. That, that that's, is true. That's always the way. You know, it, it, it's a different sport. It's not professional football. It's, I mean, it's no different than, than the players that are playing in the, in, the, in the juniors in hockey. I mean, it really takes a special person to go on. Plus, American well, college football is comp- as a quarterback <laughs> is completely different from NFL. It's more yeah. like CFL than anything. Watching I an remember- American college game is a dream CFL game kind of thing. Well, I know one Heisman Trophy winner that was extremely well-known. In fact, he was a talk of North America and almost the world for at least a two-year span. He went on to slash and... No, no, he went on to slash and cut his way to to fame. You know, he used to play for USC, played for the Buffalo Bills, wore number 32... Oh, Charles, that's bad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Charles, welcome. You've been talking. Good morning. Or good evening. Haven't properly inter- introduced yet. you yet. Happy New yep. Year. Uh same to you and all of you and uh good to be rested up and ready to start all over again. What did you say about a doobie? What? Didn't he? Didn't did he I just say, talk a little bit? Didn't he say something about a doobie, Mark? I did. No. Okay. Not sure. It could have been. It sure sounds like it. I think I'm going to have to play this one back and listen to it. Oh, uh, you might have to play it back for me because I'm not sure what you're talking about. Okay. I can't do it while we're live. Oh, okay. That's true. 
Yeah, I know. Everything's kind of weird. Okay, you guys want to talk some football, some CFL football here? Okay. Okay, so I I, I, I want to do a little rant, and I'm going to move one of the segments up just for a second just because we're, we're doing dealing with it right now online at the Let's okay. Talk CFL Facebook group. And uh, Eric Tillman has recently been released as the general manager, relieved of his duties as general manager for the um, – Hamilton Tiger Cats, and he is in discussions with being the top football uh, operations executive for the Atlanta Schooners. Okay? So, the post explodes with comments about sexual predators. It has nothing to do with football, and I deleted all of the comments, and I turned the commenting off. And then some bozo... I'm not going to mention any names, Gord Robertson. On and it asks me why there's censorship and why this is all doing. It's all fact-based of court proceedings. I don't care. It's not football. Okay? And this is my opinion. It happened years ago. It's dealt with. It's over with. Why are we rehashing it? Thank you, John Macy. Let's just move on from things. So anybody who posts any comments about derogatory comments about Eric Tillman, Mark, Charles, you guys are both admins of the group, delete them immediately, okay? We're not going to open a discussion on anything that happened way too many years ago because it's not football. Are are you guys okay with that? I'm good with that. Yep, I'm okay. Well, I need need to qualify something, though. What? Can we can we not make derogatory comments about Eric Tillman, Tillman's football skills? Of course. Well, that's fair game. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Good. 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 I just then don't I'm, want to hear any comments you, about then him I'm in a babysitter. Okay. Okay. That's just not going to happen. Okay. So anyhow, yes, Eric Tillman is out of Hamilton, and he is possibly going over to the Atlantic schooners. Interesting choice. I know there's a team right now in the CFL that could desperately use his talents. That would be the Montreal Alouettes. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't think Tillman is a bad football executive. I think he's been in some very challenging positions over the years. And, uh, what else can you say about him? I think he's doing a did a good job when he was in BC, and uh, I hope I wish him well. I we, the CFL needs people like that, and right now the Montreal Alouettes need somebody like that because Cavis Reed is definitely not someone like that. So, Will, you're welcome to step up right now and say what you want about Eric Tillman as long as it's within the parameters. Okay, okay, okay. okay, okay. Here's the only piece of advice I have, being an older guy, for the Atlantic Schooners. If it starts off bad, it's going to end bad. So don't even think about Eric Killman. I, 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 I tend to disagree with everything you say. I think he's a horrible football guy. But in his defense, he seems to get jobs. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of like he's kind of like the CFL Drew Willie only an administrator. 
All right. <laughs> it's that simple. Interesting. That's, that's what Eric Stilson reminds me of. And, you know, he's a ginger, too, so I really have a problem with that. Oh, did I say that live on air? Shit. I shouldn't have. Okay, well, I they, apologize they, to all those gingers out there. Remember, you complain to CJ. I'm not an admin, so you can't complain to me. But, you know, they say that uh, gingers don't have any soul, right? And I totally and completely disagree with that because they steal it from everybody else's. Well, oh, well, I disagree with out? you because, because, because I have three sisters that are gingers, okay? Oh, and they have no, Lord. they, they have no souls, okay? I'm you sorry. sure they don't? Just, yeah. Just, my, just my personal just opinion. And hey, I, you know I'm what? I'm not picking Charles? on gingers because I like Travis Lule. You just said they had no soul. Yeah. Did well, you know, it doesn't Charles, mean I can't like, you know, like them. I yeah. had a I had an interesting text from a person the other day, Charles. Yeah. And you know him, and I won't I won't mention his name online or on the podcast. But he said to me, "Who does Charles Kid look like?" And I'm looking, and I finally realized who your son looks like. He looks like. Danny Bonaducci. Do you know who that is, Charles? Yes, that's the kid from the Partridge family. Yes. And he does. Well, he's not a kid anymore. He's an adult. Well, he's older than I am. Yeah, no, no. He's a waste of of skin as an adult, too, as a matter of fact. But your son looks like like Danny Bonaducci. He does. Yep. If there's a if there's a remake of the Partridge Family, make sure you get them there. You'll be a wealthy man. Okay. Okay then. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's going over real well right now. Uh, well, then again, if he makes money, you never know. Yep. Oh, well, hey, I, I mean, you could say worse about a person. <laughs> I'm not sure how at the moment, but I'm sure that's and, how and no, 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 no. Don't, like don't take it. Don't take it the wrong way. When I used I to know. watch the Partridge Family, I used to like Danny Bonaduce. Okay, he was. I thought he was you're, the best guy on that show. You're also dating yourself. But go on. Well, yeah. everybody know. Everybody knows I'm old, Charles. So fair enough. <sighs> Well, what, what was that? It was started in what about 1970 or something? Uh, something like that. Well before I was alive. Might have been the late 60s, but I think it was like the early 70s, like 1970, 71, something like that, if I remember correctly. Uh, Anyhow. Yep. Okay, so let's keep going on this one. Okay, so Eric Kilman, we're gonna fin- we're finished with that one. We all know who it yep. was, Charles. It was pretty much yeah. obvious. Well, I was just trying to confirm it. <laughs> Great. Okay, so um, hang on. What, uh, there was something else I wanted to talk about. I don't know what it is. Okay, never mind. Let's move on. Uh, BC Lions hire uh, Devon Claybrooks from the Calgary Stampeders uh, defensive coordinator, and he has assembled a football team. And uh, and then, did you see Matt Baker? Do you know who Matt Baker is, guys? I know Charles does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Matt, Matt Baker is the PR guy for um, for the BC Lions. He does the 
the the podcast and the interviews and 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 does the sideline photography and does all that kind of stuff right social media matt matt's a great guy absolutely great guy and what is he his post did you see his post uh today i didn't know okay i'll go over to matt's uh Facebook page here and see what it says here because he's he's all over the sport and sports and world. He says that did, did I really just click on an article that says suggests the CFL needs its own Rooney Rule in an off season where all three head coach vacancies were filled by African Americans. As a commissioner once told me, the CFL was inclusive before inclusive was cool. That's one of the best things about our league, and the Diversity is Strength initiative has further proven that. Men and women will always get the opportunities here, regardless of the background. Thank you, Matt Baker. And and that's true, man. Why would we possibly need a Rooney rule in the CFL? We don't. We've always had uh, a blend. I don't know what else to say it. And uh, of coaching of players of of quarterbacks of everything in this city it's just not not there so no i i don't think we need that rule in the cfl it's not important in the cfl why because we we're already living it okay so anyhow uh if you guys look at the uh bc lions latest um uh coaching staff i don't think there's a white guy there is there uh, Rich Stubler. Yep. He's, he's not signed. That's true. I thought I heard that he was. I I, I have not heard no. that. Maybe I'm wrong. I thought I heard that. Maybe he hasn't officially signed. There were a lot of rumors. But wait, oh, wait. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. We do have Rich Stubler as the defensive coordinator. Ryan Phillips is the D-back. Uh, Chris Ellis is the defensive line coach. Brian Chu. Nick Lewis, Drew Brian Tate, Chu, another Brian, white guy. Brian, Brian, Brian Chu is sort of white. Brian Chu is sort of white, isn't he? He's, he's Chinese. Chinese. That's not white. Okay, well, yeah, but he's Canadian. Keith Stokes, Taylor Altillo, and then Jarius Jackson and some other guy. I forgot who it is. Okay, anyhow, doesn't matter to me. Go out there and win some football games. And I, I got to ask you this. Why do you call him Biscuit? That's directed at you. Yeah, I was wondering about that. Devon Claybrooks um, is called Biscuit. Why? I don't know. I've never liked that name because it reminds me of a horse. So. Well, there was a famous horse, Sea Biscuit. I, I I mean he 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 accepts it because his um, Twitter handle is biscuit ninety five ninety five. Mhm. I'm just curious as to why he's called the biscuit. It's probably something from college when he played college probably. ball. Probably something to do with what he eats. I mean, in, maybe in, he likes in to mass, eat biscuit. In mass, right? Yeah. Played for the Browns, sure. Buccaneers, 49ers, Falcons, Bucks again, Cowboys, Cardinals, Alouettes, and the Stampeders. Hmm. Hmm. 
Okay, doesn't say anything on his Wikipedia page about why he's called the biscuit. Mm-hmm. I think that's something we're going to have to ask. I know why. I know why. Why? Google, Google, Google is an amazing thing. I I've googled Yvonne um, Claybrooks and biscuit. I just I just did. Uh, it says when I was growing up, I used to eat a plate of hot biscuits every day. So my grandmother said, you eat so many biscuits, I'm going to call you Biscuit. Biscuit. Okay. Well, that makes sense. There you go. Then when they dropped me off at college, my grandmother said, there you go, Biscuit. So my roommate heard that. And when the team asked if any of the players had any nicknames, I was like, no, 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 no. It's just Devon. But then my roommate yells, his grandmother calls him Biscuit. So there you go. The rest is history. Google is a wonderful thing. Okay. Let it be. So be it. Eat a plate of biscuits every day. That cannot be a good thing for you. Okay, so BC Lions have a stellar, we're going to call it a stellar coaching lineup so far. And uh, I'm, I'm going to have to be excited because, you know what, it's my team, and that's what we need to do. Okay. Anything else? Nope. Anything else? Jackson. Well, Mark, what was that? No, go ahead, Charles. I'll bring it up after. Well, you. Well, no, I was just. Uh, I was going to comment on what you said, stellar Jerry Jackson stuff like that. Uh, I'm willing to give him another year. Uh, he really only had one year as the offensive coordinator in BC, working with these guys. And I thought, for the most part, the the offense did get better as the season went along. Um, of course, we don't know who the starting quarterback is going to be or anything like that next year. So, uh, with the new personnel coming in, uh, I'd be willing to give him one more year just to see what he can do. I have the same thought process. Yeah, I I have a different thought process. And my thought on Jarius Jackson is. He was the quarterback coach for Mike Riley when the Edmonton Eskimos won the Grey Cup. He's now the offensive coordinator for the BC Lions, who are courting Mike Riley. Yeah, I'm happy Jarius Jackson is with the BC Lions right now. Any arguments with that one? Nope. No, because the alternative used to be Kahari Jones, so I'd be happy too. I'm curious to see how Clay Brooks does outside of the um, Calgary organization, just how tight and strong that organization is. And he's really building one from the ground up for the coaching staff. There's a lot of new coaches in BC, so it's going to be interesting to see how he gets everybody together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, and, my and my big my big question is this. My big question is this: You guys have heard who Calgary has named as their defensive coordinator, correct? Um, what's his name, Munson? Yeah, he's been in Calgary. He's been in Calgary for 14 years. And Devon Claybrooks got Claybrooks got that position 
in Calgary after three or four years of coaching. Was he that much better, or did he have a bigger personality? Or I, I'm curious to know what the difference there was. To be honest with you, who's hacking up on? That Mrs. Will? No, that's not me. Sorry, that's the background of my house. Don't mind me. Okay. Oh, okay. Yep. I was going to say Mrs. Will needs to stop smoking. Sorry, that's my no, wife. No, no, no. It's, it's she not Mrs. Will. She down the wrong pipe. Oh, okay. Did you do the Heinlich maneuver or not? Pardon me? The, the, I didn't Heinlich? Do the Heinlich maneuver? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> If I tried to do that, I'd break someone's ribs. <laughs> That's not what we're talking okay. about. <laughs> um, hmm. Okay, then. Anyways, I'm just curious about that myself. You know, was Claybrook that much better than him, or did he have just more personality? Did they think he could handle the job better, or was there a possibility he was going somewhere else? This Munson guy has learned the game of coaching football from the ground up over 14 years. He's held every position possible as far as assistants go in Calgary, other than offensive coordinator. So running backs coach, uh, linebacker coach, defensive line coach, yada, yada, yada. And he did take Clay Brooks's place last year when Clay Brooks was out for a game. So, So I'm just curious about that. Well, we're going to find out. We're going to find out whether the system changes in Calgary, whether or not they still have just as strong a defense without Clay Brooks. Because, Mm -hmm. I mean, this guy's been in, Munson's been in the same system, if that's his name, has been in the same system for as long as Clay Brooks has been there. So, you know, hey, nothing should change in Calgary. Everything should stay the same. I don't believe there would be a new philosophy and a change with the changing of the guard because the, the guard really didn't get changed. Um, That's correct. I would agree. I would agree. I I wouldn't be um, hesitant to say that Calgary's still going to be a force in the CFL because they lost a defensive coordinator. No, I'm not worried. And I'm not worried for Calgary. I would agree. I'm not ready to say that at this point because we don't know what players are coming back in Calgary. So that's the, I mean, that's yes, the key thing. Yes, Clay Brooks is a, is a coach, but he doesn't play the game. I, I agreed a thousand percent, but the, the the system is what the players have to buy into. And regardless of how many of those players are going to come back, you have to believe the majority of them will be because mm-hmm. that's just what happens. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You, you might get some, some all-stars that think they're better than that and, and want to go after some money and good for them. There might be some guys that get signed in the NFL. Good for them. But as a rule, you know, the NFL doesn't really sign our defensive players. Really, the only only but, players that get to go to the NFL are receivers. I mean, some play some players. Not though, totally true. Some do, defensive backs. Mm-hmm. Well, some players do tend to follow their defensive coach. So, you know, yeah, you never yeah, know. That's true. As long as it's not me. As long as it's not Mika. What's his face? I'm I'm Johnson? okay. Yes. Is he a free agent? Yes, he is. Okay. Well, I would be concerned if I was you. Uh, maybe. Yeah. 
I would be. I would, I, until it happens, I, there's a concern there. Until you hear him signed with the Stampeders again, there's a concern. Mm-hmm. And free yep, agency is not what it used to be. This is this is absolutely ridiculous with 300 plus free agents this year. Yep. Yep. There's going to be a lot you of might. very valuable players sitting on the outside looking in this year. Yeah, I think your high-end free agents more than are willing to pay. Your yeah. high-end free agents aren't signing early. No, they're going to no, wait until the CBA is uh, yeah worked out, or at least see have at least have an idea of which direction it's going in. Okay, okay, uh, hang on. Let's just stop for a second. What happened to Adam Big Hill when he got cut from the NFL team? I mean, his first. Point, port of call was BC. What happened to him? Right. Mm-hmm. There was no Money. space left. Right? Yep. There was no space left. So these high-end free agents who think they can wait till the CBA comes in and then they can get that much more money is not a reality. No, Sign it's now. The veteran, Sign it's the veteran players that are pushing for something else, not so much the money. Benefits. The the medical. That's what they're pushing for. I'm not arguing with you, Mark. Do you think that it matters what team they sign for? The the, the benefits are going to be different? No, the CBA is going to have a universal blanket for all players in the CFL. Okay? So there's not going to be a reason for them to wait. That doesn't make sense. It's illogical. The players that I've talked to have said that they're waiting simply because they want benefits put in. Great. Put the benefits in. Do you think that they're not going to be put in if they sign a contract now? They're just waiting. It's a united front kind of thing. This is the strongest I've seen the players in a long time. You know what? I've heard that before in other leagues, and they always fold in the end. Oh, they will. Well, no, the first the first big guy who signs before he's supposed to, it will crumble from there. I'm I'm assuming. Oh, yeah. Then everybody else yeah. will panic. Yeah. Yeah. And it should, and they should. Otherwise, they're not going to be playing football this year because mm-hmm. they're going to try to get onto the team, and there is no money left, and they're going to be too proud to take half of what they did last year. Yeah. And, and I mean, let's expensive. face it, when when you're talking the top 10 free agents in the CFL, if you sign one of them, then everybody better start panicking because the big money is gone. Yep. That's okay. The thing. Yeah, no doubt. So, yep. So we'll see what happens. It'll be interesting. Oh, we got lots to talk about coming up. So it's, oh, we're, it's going to be interesting. We're just past segment one on this show. Never mind the rest of the season. I mean, we're just going to yeah. talk no, and no, talk. I, and talk. Yeah, no. uh, Toronto Argonauts yeah. have hired Corey Chamblin, uh, former head coach of the uh, Grey Cup winning Saskatchewan Rough Riders in 2013. Next year, he uh, tanked. And the year after that, it was pathetic at 0-9. And he gave up on the team. And uh, they finally fired him. Uh, and then he went over and he was defensive coordinator in Toronto. And now he's the head coach. 
You guys think about this higher. I don't like Corey Chamlin, but it has more to do with the organization that he was in and the attitude of the management of that person that that time and place for the sketch and rougher. And I don't think it Corey is a victim of my hatred to the general manager. And I can't even remember the general manager's name right now. Do you remember who it was? Anybody? Came in, wasn't it? That asshole has no point. This is not in my league, man. I just do not like his arrogant attitude. His, I, I will do anything to win, whether it's cheating or not. And, uh, yeah, and Corey got painted with that brush, and maybe incorrectly. So I'm willing to give him a good shot in Toronto and see what happens because the Argos need something to hold on to. Mm-hmm. Charles, what do you think of this hire? I'm just glad he's not in BC. Well, I mean, I've never been a Corey Chamblin fan. A lot of people jump on, oh, he won a Grey Cup, he won a Grey Cup. Well, he won a Grey Cup because his GM won out and bought off every high-priced free agent. You or I could have coached that team and won a Grey Cup. Uh, he didn't have to do a lot of coaching with that group. And then once all those high-priced guys left and he actually had to start doing coaching, the quality and the uh, the uh, winning percentage continually went down till the he went on and quit on the team. He basically didn't want to be there anymore. Um I think uh, Toronto could have made a better hire, I think, in this point case. Uh, but um, we'll see. I mean, maybe he'll, he'll show us something. But like like I said, the only real time he had any big success is when he had a team full of all-stars that his GM pay, bought. And, yeah, anyone could have coached that team to a great cup. So, I don't know. The jury's out. I've never been a fan as Corey Ch- of Corey Chamblin as a coach. I've never. I've always thought he was overrated. I always thought that the team that was put together for him made him look good. And uh, no, I'm I'm not a fan. I mean, maybe he'll surprise me in in Toronto, but uh, he would certainly not have been my choice. You don't. I, I don't disagree with anything you said. I just it's it's like you know how I say that some quarterbacks are just not very good, and e- even Drew Willie, everybody's got to agree Drew Willie is not that good of a quarterback. Uh, he's a terrible quarterback for our league, anyhow. But they don't get to this position in life. They don't get to play professional football at a caliber that the CFL is for being in garbage. Okay. There has to be some talent. They had to be very good at some point in their life for them to get as far as they did. Right. Now, okay, it just doesn't mean that they're as good as the other nine, eight, ten quarterbacks in the league. They might be at the mm-hmm. bottom end of – when you're at the bottom end of – what do we got? 32 teams in the NFL. Let's give their top three Okay, so you're talking about 90, you're talking about another nine, you're talking about the top 100 quarterbacks in the North America. Drew Willie's in that number. Okay, so mm-hmm. Corey Chamblin didn't get to be the head coach of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders by being a terrible coach. Okay, that's just kind of what I wanted to say. I, 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 he might not be that good, but he's not terrible. And I know, I know why. Oh, go, ahead, go ahead, Mark. I know why Jim Pop took a chance. 
because he what? knows he knows that if Corey Chamberlain fails, there's always someone in the background who can take his place, and that would be Jim Pop. Jim, there you go. Fair enough. You, you think Jim Pop wants he the likes job? He to replace coaches. <laughs> I, I, he, he's always he's the only he's the only management person I've always thought wants to step down because he wants to be a head coach. So. And he's terrible at both jobs. Well, I wouldn't say he's terrible at the at the GM job. Has lots he's of contacts. Good. He's got lots of contacts. But well, he needs around him. Yeah, that's my Wally doll. You like it? You know, he's too young looking. He's not fast. And he's, and he's and he's not. And I was trying to say unround, not unground. Okay, okay, I wondered what that meant. You're saying he's not fat enough. That what is you're correct, sir. And I'm not saying Wally was fat, but Wally was stocky. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Stocky? Well, I don't know. You might go use the word pudgy, but I'm not going to use stocky. <laughs> I I use pleasantly plump, but then you're going to get all kinds of phone calls. Ugh. I love Wally, okay? It was time for Wally to move on, and we appreciate everything that he did for the BC Lions and winning many great cups and playing a a respectable organization after so many disrespectful seasons. Oh, my good Lord. I can't even think about what we used to have in BC. Okay, so did you ever get a Wally doll, Charles? I did not. Uh, I was at the game... I remember because I was at the game where they were giving it out, and within 15 minutes, they were gone. And I knew why afterwards, because I saw people after that game walking around with three or four. Yeah, that's sad. Yeah. Um, Arlene sent me one. Oh, nice. I, I asked her for one, and she said, yes, I will do that to you, and she mailed it up to me. Yep. I still got to get my, my, my Manny doll from a good friend of mine. That would be me. I have to do it <laughs> sitting on my counter. I keep forgetting to send it. I, I gave you the address, didn't I? I know you did. Yes, you did. I got I to gotta send it to you. Maybe that reminds me, yeah. Okay. It should remind you every time you see it. Oh, it probably <laughs> should, yeah. I don't know why it doesn't. Because I, I have no hope of Manny from anyone else. You you have to be my hero. Yeah, I've got it. I'll I'll send it to you. Okay, 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 okay. I'm excited. Okay, so Corey Chamlin in Toronto. Mark, good, bad, ugly. Um, I don't think it's good. Great. Uh, he does have experience. We all know that. Not the best, mm-hmm. but he does have. I would have brought him in as a defensive coordinator because he's a great defensive coordinator. It's what he was last year. He's a very good defensive coordinator. You can't take that away from the head coaching. He only had the one stint, really, with Saskatchewan. You can bury him on what he did in the second year of his contract. But I wouldn't have brought him in as a head coach. I guess he does deserve a chance. I like the Claybrooks hiring in BC because it's yeah he's been around the league a long time, but as a head coach he's new. 
We're not recycling the same head coaches. And Corey Chamblin's just recycling guys. That's all it's doing. Yeah, like um, Benavidi's making it back up there. But I went down their coaching staff, and I think Jim Pop would be next in line when they, if they were to fire him. Because there's, okay, Kevin Iben, well, he's special teams. Their offensive coordinator's Tommy Condell. He's not going to be a head coach, especially. It's just not going to work if he were to come in. So they don't even really have a succession plan. Oh. Yeah, maybe true. Pop's doing it again. I'm kind of wondering if Pop is doing it again. Yeah, maybe. I, I, I don't think they're hey, going to fire him. They proved us wrong. They proved us wrong one other time. So, who knows? Okay, Toronto went from a Grey Cup to absolutely the bottom of the league in one year. Okay, they blamed the coach and they fired Mark Tressman. If Toronto sucks this year, you cannot blame on Corey Chamlin. No, no, definitely not. Okay, Pop has to be fired. So Pop is not going to fire Corey Chamlin and assume the job because he won't be there to fire him. We hope. Well, you've uh, got to believe that there's more intelligence in Toronto than Montreal. I was going to say, unless he's able to talk his way into the uh, the boss there, whatever the soccer president dude that's also president of the Argos, and talk his way into saying, hey, just let me take over as, che- as coach. It'll it'll be cheaper. <laughs> that might that might uh, that might be uh, you know ringing bells there for the the MLSE. Yeah, I doubt it. I doubt it. <clears throat> I really do hope he does well because the league needs a strong, stronger team in Toronto than what they have right now. I agree. So, you know, hope he does well, but I just, I'd rather he was a defensive coordinator if I was an Ergo fan. Go ahead. Okay. Well, I think we've uh, got this one along. Okay, so the other coaching hire, which was – Another promotion from within was Orlando Steinauer was promoted to head coach of the Hamilton Tiger Cats. He was the assistant head coach last year, a position that was created for him when he left Fresno State um, and come back to Hamilton. We knew that he was always destined for the head coaching position uh, at Hamilton. It was just Kent Austin was in the way, and he finally got fired last year or this year or whenever he got toasted out of there and he's down in in the the NCAA now which is a good place for him Um, so Steinauer who everybody thought was going to be the head coach of Hamilton a long time ago before Jones I actually when Austin was never mind anyhow he's now the head coach and our third African-American head coach new head coach in the CFL not that that's relevant Uh, what do you guys think of Orlando I, I think he's one of the best football minds in the league right now, and uh, we'll see what happens. Mark? Well, he's definitely one of the best young minds in the league right now when you look at the coaches across the league. Uh, he's got experience as a player. He's been coaching quite a few years. He 
went down, got some American college experience. He's come back up. It's his dream job. We all knew, like you said, we all knew he was taking it. Um, June Jones is staying as a, the associate coach, so it's almost a flip-flop of what they were doing last year. Basically. The, yeah, I, I think this J- Jones will just sit back, and now he can really have fun because we know he loves the league. But with Steinauer, I think it's a great hire for Hamilton. Yeah, easily recognizable face for them that they can promote heavily because they, the crowd needs, with them having the second longest Grey Cup trout. Um, you know the, Who's the got crowd the longest needs, mark. Ah, eh, shut up. We all know who has the longest. Well. Thirty years. Uh, not yet. Not yet. Pretty close. Still not the longest in history. I'll hold on to that one for now. Well, no, Skadden holds that, don't they? Yep. What What's the record? Well, they got three Grey Cup game, uh, victories in the last twenty twenty five years. Before that, they're one hundred and four years old and had one. So you figure it out. Even if they broke it in the middle, it would be over 50 years. I think it was 43, actually. 43 years? Yeah, it's 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 yeah. ridiculously long. I mean, Winnipeg could go there. I mean, that's only 15 oh, yeah. years from now. That's <laughs> highly possible. Shit, man. They did, did the first 30, like a, not, nothing. 15 more is nothing. Go, piece of cake go Bombers, go. Go Bombers. <laughs> Yes. Is that how you're going to sign off at the end of the show now, Will, instead of go Alf? Go Bombers. <laughs> wow. Okay. On. Anybody else want to talk about Steinauer? Will, what do you got to say about this guy? Amazing, isn't he? Well, well you know what? Uh, I'm, I'm willing to give everybody a chance. He's been yeah. in the league for a long time. Been in the league for a long time. Been a defensive coordinator for a long time. It was kind of cool, I think, that June Jones kind of stepped down and they switched positions. I think June Jones is just having fun. Obviously, yeah. it's probably not about money for him anymore. And uh, I think if they didn't give him the head coaching job, he would have went somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And I think with all of these vacancies that popped up, he was probably number one or number two on everybody's list. And I'm sure that's one of the big reasons they did it. Well, but I I don't think they lose anything by by doing that. To be honest with you, so we shall no, see. I don't think they lose anything. But here's the kicker for and, me. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, finish up. Finish up. No, no. He's uh, they they all say that he is the players' coach as well, and all the players respect him and like him. And he played in the league as well, mm-hmm. so makes a huge difference. Three years ago, four years ago, we were talking about the two top coordinators in the CFL who are destined for head coaching positions. Do you guys remember who they were? It was, uh, well, Orlando Steinauer was one. Yeah. Who was the other? Um, Claybrooks, wasn't it? Devon Claybrooks. No, it wasn't. Nobody was really talking about Devon Claybrooks. Nobody. It was never mentioned. Was Noel Thorpe? Oh yeah, oh, right. Noel Thorpe. Yeah, right. No, Noel Thorpe. 
who was who was with Montreal mm-hmm. under Pop, didn't get the head coaching position, and uh, he got mad and left. Went to the Ottawa mm-hmm. Red Blacks as the defensive coordinator there. Uh, did, did he, he tried to go to Edmonton, and, and the CFL blocked him because Pop wouldn't give permission, and that's why we got that new coaching role, right? And he's still not a head coach, and he's sitting in Ottawa. Is he waiting for Rick Campbell to be fired, or what? Or just people just not willing to take a risk on him? Did he get blackballed because of his move to Edmonton? I don't know. I think it's kind of weird because I don't think he lost any ability to coach. I, maybe he's just jaded. Yeah. Tough one. Very tough. Maybe maybe, no maybe he's maybe he's got an attitude that we don't know about. You never know. Yeah, that's we also don't. possible. There must be something, you know, that fixes it so he doesn't. Maybe and maybe he doesn't want to leave the East. There's another possibility. No, because he, he was hired some... by Edmonton. He was going to Edmonton, right? Mm-hmm. The league stepped in and stopped but... it. Right. Okay. Who knows? So that one that doesn't hold water. Anyhow. Okay. Co- further on to coaching, we start another coaching segment here that's not even on our list. And the end thing is. Chris Jones has brought up as a possibility uh-huh. for NFL openings. Oh, my good Lord. In a year where teams may go to lengths and look at unique directions for head coach, keep an eye on Chris Jones, the coach, general manager of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in the CFL. At least two NFL teams have done extensive research on him. Wow. What do you guys think? Do you see position in the NFL? I mean, that's where he's destined for. He, no doubt about it. He's been just uh, stepping on everybody he can in the CFL to get noticed down there. I think that's where he wants to be. Yeah. The sooner he can get well, out of every, this, every, for him. Every, Ameri- every American wants to be in America. So, and I say more power to him. Don't let the door hit you on the way out, buddy. Because yeah. I never ready. thought, I never thought Chris Jones was that great as a head coach or a general manager. He has well, he's a terrible skill. In, in three seasons, he has not found a starting oh. quarterback. Mm-hmm. I know. Okay, and he ignores offense. So, the key for him is to go to the America and be a defensive coordinator and live happily, fucking ever after. Okay. Just well, my, just my well, opinion, yes. Yes. What was your New Year's resolution again? To be nicer. <laughs> okay. Just just confirming that, okay? <laughs> well, yeah, but there's things where people are going to know when I'm like, you know what? Okay, let's try it this way. I wish Chris Jones all the wonders in the world, and I hope he goes to the NFL, and I hope he's very successful, and he rides off into the sunset like the Lone Ranger. How's that? And stay, and stay the fuck out of our league. There you go. Because I've never liked him. I don't like him. The perfect place for him to be in the CFL is Saskatchewan because I don't like them either. So, And I am not. I am still... 
in shock and awe, and I had an argument with a couple of people today online, how he was the coach of the year. I still don't understand how he was coach of the year. Sorry. Neither do I. Just Neither my do opinion. I. Yeah. I, I Honestly, it's because there was nobody else. And I could argue for six other guys. Well, I, I, I would pick Rick Campbell over, over – um, Chris Jones. I might have even picked June Jones over Rick Cam over um, Chris Jones. I, I you could put an argument in for Dave Dickinson, and you could put Dave an argument Dickinson, in for yeah. Wally Buono. Yep. Yeah. I mean, did he do a spectacular job this year? I mean, no. I mean, if anything, they were about the same team they were before. Um, they did not get a, a quarterback. And people say, oh, well, it goes to the um, – that's why he should be coach of the year because he got to the playoffs, he got second place without a quarterback. Well, that's a silly argument to me. Um, the GM, Chris Jones, is supposed to be able to go out and find a quarterback. And he's tried numerous guys, Brandon Bridge, Zach Caleros, uh, the other guys they had back there last year, uh, what's his face? Um, whatever they had all these these been trying for two years and found nothing. So why is he coach of the year? He had a a, a twelve and six season. Uh, he finished second place, but I mean it was a season where all the teams were all jumbled as it was. Anyways, it's not like he ran away with anything. So I really found that um, really puzzling of how they gave him the coach of the year. It didn't it didn't make sense to me. Well it was it was I personally a think I personally think and, and this is just my opinion, but I think the guy who should have won coach of the year, hands down, would have been June Jones. And not only because of what he did in two thousand and eighteen, but what he also did in two thousand and seventeen when he took that program from nothing oh, they were to like a contender that's right, and then the next season he did well. So I thought he should have been the runaway winner. Uh, he, but, he almost won every game of the re- remainder of the season. As soon as they removed Austin, and the team became a, a, a powerhouse in the East. Yep. No, no, no. That's just it's absolutely ridiculous. It should, I agree. It should have been June Jones. And you could have put an argument for Rick Campbell. Those are your two runners-up, in my opinion. But Chris Jones? No, absolutely not. That's ridiculous. Silly and ridiculous. Anyhow, you're talking about Kevin Glenn, Mitchell Gale, and Darian Durant were the starting quarterbacks yeah. for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders under um, Chris Jones. Okay. And I think Keith Price was there and a guy yep, named Brett yep. as well. Mm-hmm. So, anyhow. So, yeah, Chris Jones, quarterback, uh, coach of the year. And not in my watch. Mark, you're you're real quiet in this discussion. You're, you're a big Chris Jones fan, aren't you? I can tell. Oh, you just I'm don't want you just don't want to step up and say anything right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's what's the point? We all know my feelings towards the guy. He's, he's in Regina. Doesn't matter. Um, yeah, he, he'll be an okay defensive coordinator for a year or two down there. Maybe head coach, not a chance. There's no chance he's going down as a head coach. Yeah, but he's he, would he have to? What's a quarterman? What a defensive coordinator make down there? 
oh, probably four times what he makes up here. Yep. Yeah. So who cares? Yeah. You know, the the most intelligent person I know, okay, the most intelligent people that I know in the corporate world refuse promotions. Yep. Because people are promoted outside of their abilities. They're promoted, they're promoted, they're promoted, they're promoted, all of a sudden they're fired. It's the people who say, no, you know what? I'm not a regional I'm a great salesman. Or I'm a great regional manager, I don't want to be a national manager. Or I don't want to be the CEO. I, you know what? No. Those people are the ones that I respect. Not the ones that take it and two years later are fired. But we all know thing if, in the NFL. The yeah. NFL they spit out coordinators. They chew them yeah. up and spit them out constantly. So yeah. can't blame the coach who makes too much money. Okay. Moving on. Where are we in time? Oh, look at that. An hour gone. Oh, you know what? I was gonna start off the show with never mind. We'll do that another show. Okay. Uh CBA talks to start in January. What the fuck? Come on. What have you guys been doing? Is it, did this sneak up on you and surprise you that the collective bargaining agreement expires in May of this year? Oh, no. Let's wait till the last minute and see if we can powerhouse it into the, the last final weekend, and, and, and maybe we'll get the season started on time. Come on. Seriously. Yes, I know that's how negotiations work. Yes, I know that that happens in just about any and every industry. Yes, but in most industries, the CBA expires, and they work under the old contract for a year and then get retro pay when they come back. What's going to happen here is if there is no CBA in place in May, players don't show up for training camp, okay? And, yes, they've got a united front, and it's so strong this time. Bullshit. Okay, it's not. You guys got no – there's no – bargaining position for you you have no stronghold at all i'm sorry players and i got into a big argument with paul mccallum the other day online about this and he he, basically you know my point being is that what 23 24 25 year old man in canada makes fifty four thousand dollars a year a very very small percentage. If you cannot survive on fifty four thousand dollars a year when you're twenty three years old, there's something the matter because you're probably still living in Mama's basement. Okay. Yes, there's the player out there, this twenty six, twenty seven year old rookie working under a rookie contract at fifty four thousand dollars and has six kids. Okay, dude, keep it in your pants. Um. If you don't have a real job, keep it in pants. Don't be making babies, especially six of them. Do the, you remember that guy last year that was bitching about that? How do I live on this? Wanted yeah. to go to the NFL. Um, anyhow, beside the point. Oh, you know, that was my bitch. And, and then McCallum says, well, Christopher Jones doesn't think that players deserve to have this money. No, I'm not begrudging them their money. I think $54,000 a year is a realistic payment for this type of job, for this type of this year, this age of person, and for what they do, and for the league that we're in. So I don't think that they're underpaid. I don't think that they're overpaid. I don't think they're going to get any big bloody raise, okay? I mean, what did the salary cap go up from, what, 4.8 to to 4.99? 
million dollars after the last CBA. Divide that between 52 players. It's nothing. They all got a $500 a year raise. Why do they, why do these players think they're going to hold out and get this big killer payday because the CBA is going to come in and, and, and that we have a united front and we're going to negotiate our fair wage for our football. The money's not there. You don't get blood from a stone. Okay. And you know what? And, and to begrudge the owners their due when they're finally making money after how many, how many millions of dollars they've lost. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I have no sympathy for the players at this point in time in the, in the CBA, in the negotiations of them. I stand with them and I believe in them and everything about them, but come on, let's get real. You're getting paid a fair wage for a fair job. And, uh, it's not going to change much. And I, I said this last year and I, or last CBA in 2014, and I got nothing but ripped either online or on the podcast, even by all the guys on the podcast at the time, because we were on a different podcast and everybody said, Oh no, the players are going to get everything. The players are going to get everything. And I said, the players are going to get dick squat. They're not going to get any extra benefits. They're not going to get any, any concessions at all straight across the board. They're going to take a very small pay increase be happy and that's exactly what happened and i'm Mm -hmm. guaranteed that nothing's going to change in this negotiations they're not going to get anything big charles thoughts on the program well again they should have started uh negotiating the week after the uh cba or the week after the gray cup i don't know why they've waited over a month now uh to get back to the bargaining table um it seems like they're almost trying to steer it towards closer and closer to training camp so there's more and more urgency because typically when you've got labor negotiations in a pro sporting um, um, league and negotiations between the league and the uh, players association, typically these deals uh, don't get done until the 11th hour. It's just a thing when basically they're on the verge of losing uh, regular season games or preseason games or whatnot, then finally they get a deal done. Uh, It'd be nice to see uh, a professional sports league that can actually talk to its players meaningfully and get a CBA agreed to before the last minute. Now, are we going to see that in this uh, negotiation? Probably not, because as Mark said earlier, he's seen the, uh, this is the most, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, the most... um, What's the word you use, Mark? United, unified. It's the most united, most unified the Players Association um, has been. Well, it's really easy to be united when it's January and there's no games for like five or six months and you're not missing any paychecks or anything like that. When you get closer and closer to losing out on paychecks, you're going to start seeing that uh, unified front kind of go down a little bit if there's no deal reached before then. Because what typically will happen in this situation is that the veterans, they're finally going to say, well, I'm not going to lose my paycheck just to bail out this young guy who's never played before. And the veterans shout down the young guys, and normally that's how deals end up getting done. And I think you're probably going to look at something similar to that uh, this time. Uh, You've got all of these uh, veteran players. They don't want to miss out on on paychecks. 
We've seen, of course, you know, uh, the NHL, the NBA, uh, Major League Baseball, NFL. They've all had prolonged, uh, long-term um, labor disputes. In the case of in the case of the NHL, they lost an entire season over that. In this situation, we're not dealing with guys that are getting paid tens of millions of dollars every year. These guys can't afford to be out. Uh, as long as the uh, their counterparts in the other leagues, because their salaries aren't as high. And that's why I think they will get something settled. It probably will take up until right before training camp. But, I, again, I see it as the, the veteran guys are not going to lose out on paycheck over something like this. They'll pull up the United front as long as they can, but ultimately it is going to likely come down to the guys wanting to um, – you know, get their paychecks, wanting to get what they can. It's happened this way before in the last CBA. I think it's going to happen again. Yeah. Okay, just just a left turn on this discussion for a second uh, and unified front. Uh, in, in my town, there's a, a mill, sawmill in here called Aspen Planers. And in November, they took a strike vote, and they got a 95% strike vote, okay, in favor of a unified front towards striking for the labor Okay, for their labor contract. Think about this for a second. They're in a sawmill. It's November. You're six weeks before Christmas, and you just signed. You just set a 95% strike vote. So what does the mill do? They immediately shut down for a two-week non-scheduled maintenance. Okay, that means the workers don't get EI, they don't get strike pay, they don't get anything because they're just simply laid off for two weeks and the mill's going to start back up. So right, right away they're now hurting financially. Okay? Now they, they start up, they're two weeks before, between, before a two-week shutdown at Christmas time. Okay? Again, not going to get paid for this. And because you work the two weeks in between, your ye, you, EI has to start over before you can collect. So they're not going to get any EI now at Christmas. Now, now these guys who voted for this strike, what do you think their wives are saying to them right now? They got wives, they got kids, they got mortgages, they got Christmas coming. Get to work, assholes, what she's saying. So the unified front in this mill just absolutely evaporated. And it was over. Now, they haven't settled but there's no longer any talk of a labor dispute. Okay? They're just working away and they're negotiating and everything's going along. But this unified front is gone. You're at the lowest housing start in in of the season. Soft lumber is depressed in place right now, and they can't get logs because we've we haven't had a cold winter out here. It's not frozen enough. The logging trucks can't get into the bush. So they do not have a position of strength. CFL players are no different. They do not have a position of strength right now. We're talking about trying to increase the minimum wage, and the majority of players in the CFL don't make minimum wage. They don't give a rat's ass about what the minimum wage is. So why would they lose a paycheck, as Charles says, so that the junior guys can get a raise? Ain't gonna happen. Mike Riley is not gonna lose a paycheck of his five hundred and fifty thousand dollar contract so that the minimum wage can be increased. 
not going to happen. It's not. Mark, go ahead, your turn. I'm more curious about it from the commissioner's side, from the CFL side itself. This is a big one for Ambrosi because he's always saying he's about safety. He's about doing things for the players. and He's shown it by they can't hit with pads on anymore in practice, uh, extra bye week, all this other stuff. But he's also carried on with um, Orridge's directive of players do not get off-season bonuses, which should be interesting because Matt Nichols is supposed to get that huge one, the 250000 or whatever it is. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens there because he's supposed well, to get that. Well, he's going to get it. They're not he's supposed go- to He's going to get the bonus. What's that? The or. Orridge put out a directive, and Ambrosi's carrying it through, not to pay out to pay out the bonuses. I, I agree. I'm not arguing with that, but the bonus would be paid. Just don't pay it out while there's not an un, while there's an unsigned CBA. As uh, soon as yeah. the CBA is is signed, the bonuses will get paid, and Matt Nick will get his money, or he won't be playing with the with the Blue Bombers. I can right one or the other. He's going to get his bonus whether he gets it in, in, in February or he gets it in May. He's going to get his money. We need that money. If, if a quarterback in the CFL needs that money, then he's not being very firm. It's not just quarterbacks. It's lots of players get that bonus. Well, That's I know, but I'm talking, we're talking about Matt Nichols right now. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's exactly, again, these, co- these bonuses that need to be paid, and they're not getting that money and they need that money – they're going to push for the signing of a CBA a lot sooner than what anybody else wants it, whether than a first-year rookie, because he's not getting any bonus. True. True. Well, and we did get a question from our fa- somebody on the Facebook yeah, group, we'll Robert get there. Jenkinson, I believe. Okay. You want to? Yeah, I got I got Robert. I'm talking to him, and and we're paying attention to him, so we will get to his question. William. Cool. Yes. You know what? It basically all comes down to money. And I I would be curious to know what percentage of CFL players have a job in the off season. That would be an interesting thing to find out because I mean, a lot of these guys, and, and, you know, you never know, a lot of these guys might think that $54,000 is a lot of money. And when you're 20-something years old, it is a lot of money. And me, in the, my, my, the way I think, if I made that kind of money in, in six months, then I would work the other six months to try and double that kind of money or a third higher or something like that. I don't know how many of them think like that. So I would be curious about that because my point being is it's really not that much money. And after you haven't worked for six months, you need a paycheck. Okay. And you need another $54,000. And I'm I'm just thinking these guys are going to crumble. Even the rookies are going to crumble because they don't have any money. Yeah, yes and no, and I'll give you an answer here. I'm not going to give you a percentage because I, I, I would be absolutely guessing, and I'm not going to do that. Um, and I can't speak for most teams, but I know for a fact, Andrew Harris, who is an all-star, 
is a licensed realtor. Paul McCallum was a licensed realtor. Okay. Marco Ionesi is a licensed financial planner. These guys all practice their profession during the season and in the off season. They're creating their careers for post football. Okay. Right. These are guys who are making enough money. They don't need a job right now, but they, they have one. Now the people who don't have enough money to survive the year are idiots if they're not working a second job. And I'm not saying that, okay, well, they're football players. They shouldn't need a second job. How you are one play away from not being a football player. One play. What are you doing with the rest of your life? Sure. Sure. So, yep. I just, I don't understand. Why are, why are people, if they don't have a second job, why? Even if it's a very small part-time job that you're getting experience at, that you can move forward, like a financial planner. There's no financial planner that goes off. If, they make 50, if a realtor makes $54,000 in their first year of being a realtor, I would shit my pants. I would be completely and totally amazed because there's no way. The realtors starve, okay? Only the top 3 or 4% of realtors make money. The rest of them, I don't know how they survive. Hey, hey you know what? Here's a here's a perfect example when you say fifty four thousand dollars is not that much money. Let's take. Well, I, I have think a, it is a lot I of money. A, well, I do, but I have a niece who is just finishing her fourth year of medicine. Okay. In the in the USA. And so she went to school for four years before that to get her, I think she's got a science degree. Then she applied to medical school, and she got accepted to medical school, and now she's finishing. And she is now currently applying for residencies. Right. First-year resident. First-year resident in the USA makes $52,000 a year. Right, but that's American dollars. Sure, but... She's also gone to school for eight years. And yeah. didn't do it on a scholarship. There you go. Dad has money, but that doesn't matter. Okay? It doesn't matter. Because I've known, nope. I've known people who've done it on their, on their own. Okay? So, so that $54,000 when you're 22 years old is a lot of money. Canadian, American, whatever you want to do with it. Okay? Because if you wasted eight years in school, you still would make that kind of money in the U.S. And, I mean, I think different residencies, you make different money, but, I mean, that's what she's going to end up making. Yeah, well, that's the average. Yeah, I don't feel feel sorry for these guys. No, not at all. Oh, and I'll tell you, these football players, with the education that they have coming out of college – if they do not sign a $54,000 a year contract with the CFL, what are they going to make? Seriously, what is an American I, I, going to make for a wage right out of college and on, a, on a shit shit degree? Because most of them don't have a real degree. Most. Not saying right. all, most. Right, right. 
Right. But, I mean, even the guys who have real degrees, when they come out of college, they don't make that great of money. Because, no. like everybody else, you got to pay your dues. Right. Yeah. It's that simple. Yeah, I, so, so I'm just I'm just not on the I, I can't say I'm not on the player side here because yeah I am, but as a fan of the team I'm not a fan of a player I'm a fan of the team I want the team to be successful, and if they have to do that and not only successful as in on the field in a Grey Cup they have to be financially stable they have to be successful in the in the box office. They have to be successful in everything. And that ha- can't happen if you're overpaying your employees, whether that's coaches and management or players. Everybody has to be realistic. Right? Am I am I wrong here? No. Yeah, no, you're not wrong at all. Okay, so now we've got a listener on uh, Let's Talk CFL Facebook group, uh, Robert Jenkinson, who kind of put out a comment. It is kind of late, but do you guys think there will be a season this year? I, I hope that we have answered this question for you, Robert, but the, to me the answer is yes, there will, because the unified front of the players will collapse before they start missing paychecks, and we will have a CBA in place before the – midpoint of training camp is my my estimate there may be some holdouts for training camp we may delay training camp or go with a a limited training camp i think we did that in 2014 but will the season open on time yes because everybody is a collection of idiots if they don't does anybody want to touch this question will the season start on time Will there be a season? Yes, there'll be a season, and yes, I think it'll start on time. It has no choice but to start on time. Yeah. With the stadium availabilities and everything else, it has to start on time. Yeah. Yeah, if there's a play of a game... Do you think the, te- the teams don't get they, they get off on the rent that they've got to pay for that stadium? Nope. Do the players uh, get the off bombers, a, a pass on their mortgage payment? Farmers in Saskatchewan lose a ton of money. Yeah. No. It's in nobody's best interest for the season to be delayed. Nobody's. Think of it this way: in in BC, in t- Montreal, and Toronto, they already um, fight tooth and nail just to get attention from the media. If there's a, a work stoppage, they're going to become even more irrelevant. People will just forget about them. Yep. Okay, we have completely ignored the most important uh, shareholder in this discussion. Not the fans, not the players, not the team, it's not the league. Who's the most important shareholder in this that's going to lose the most amount of money? TSM. Oh, are they going to be happy? 
No. 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 They're not going to be happy. No. This is going to be rectified, and it's going to be rectified in time. Robert Jenkinson, I hope we've answered your question for this tonight. Yes, the season will start on time. And yes, there will definitely be a CFL season this year. Okay, moving on. CFLers working out for NFL teams. Well, hey, I've just got going through the news feed, and there's a whole pile of players that are already signing. Dexter McCoyle. Uh, who else? Mark and Michelle. Point. Yep. Uh, Duke Williams uh, hasn't signed yet, but it looks like he's down south. Yeah. That Why does it release Kenny Shaw? Is that uh, is because they released him, or they released him because he's got an uh, NFL contract coming? He's getting it. Um, no, actually, I think I've seen a few people say that he, they just released him. He's not going to get anything in the NFL. It's just to get a jump start on free agency. Okay, uh, I'm not going to take a shot at this uh, guy's last name, but a linebacker uh, for the Riders named Smule. Guavo? Iguavis? Iguavin. 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 Okay. Iguavin, yeah. Yeah, so he's gone. Mark Mitchell, yeah. James Flouders. Going to sign with the Bears. So, yeah, there's a a chunk of... uh, My other headphones. There's a chunk of players that are going. Yeah. Will Bo Levi Mitchell be one of them? No, yet. Let's find out. Hey, Mike Riley could be too. Oh, I know that's the biggest wild card of this season for me. Yep. I I have absolutely no doubt in my mind that the offensive coordinator for the Jacksonville Jaguars would like to have him on his team. Scott Milanovic knows exactly how dangerous Riley is. And with the way they have set up the rules for touching a quarterback, he could thrive. Oh, hell yeah. Because you can't breathe on a quarterback in the NFL. That's the only reason why yeah. Mitchell will be successful. Have you watched much NFL this year, Christopher? No, but I, I, I've watched some of the, some of the, the posts by people. Joke. It's just ridiculous. The, the window to hit a quarterback, the area is about – a foot. You can't even land on top of him Ooh. when you hit him. If you land on top of him, that's yep. roughing the passer. Okay. I have no idea how this is possible or feasible or anything else. How do you play that game? started getting better after a while. The players got used to it, but there's still everybody just kind of stands there and goes, that's a penalty. Even the refs are going, yeah, it is. I don't want to throw the flag, but that's what we've been told to do. Yeah. And it's embarrassing, some of them. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt about it. Okay. Terrell Owens may have been right saying that in five to ten years we'll be watching flag football. 
in the NFL. I don't think we're going to get yeah. that in the CFL. It won't happen up here, but it's going to happen down okay. there. Yeah, we got better sense than that, I hope. Okay. I don't like talking about the NFL, so um, we're going to move on. Uh, CFL to hold a Mexican combine. There's a lot of pros and cons on this one. Uh, I don't see what the problem here is, and, and it's not CFL. Hang on. I, this is really weird. CFL is not holding a combine. The Mexican Football League is holding a combine and invited CFL um, scouting staff. Yeah, it's an agreement between the two leagues. Mm-hmm. This hasn't cost the CFL anything other than the, the the transportation and housing and food for these these scouts to go down there and take a look at it. And if they go down there and they look at some football players, and if there's anything, if there's anybody down there of interest, they'll come up and play football. It, it, you know, I had somebody on, on the the group the other day that says, "Oh yeah, so now we have to have a, a, each team has to have so many different Mexicans on the group, on the team." I went. Are you an absolute complete Where moron? Where did get that idea from? There's what? a lot of people have been saying that. It's just the Canadian Football League, not the Canadian Mexican Football League. We do not have a no uh, ratio. A ratio for Mexican players. If they're good enough to play football in the CFL, they should be playing football. And I don't give a shit what country they were born in or or play football in. Okay, I really. Could they don't. be called a national? No. If they made the team? No. Why? You have to be There's born in place. Canada, or your parents have to be born in Canada, or you had to go to school in Canada. Mexico's well, not part Europe, of Canada. Europeans can be called nationals, too, because they're not American. No, they I, cannot. I thought I read that somewhere. No. Well, if you did, it was written by an idiot. I, I, do you want me to go pull the rules? You, you no, no, be, I got the rules. You have to have been born in Canada. You have to be a Canadian citizen at the time of signing your first contract for the CFL. You can't sign a contract and become a Canadian. You're, one of your parents had to have been a, a, born in Canada, which is why Alex Simpson is considered a national, which is absolutely ridiculous. He never stepped foot in Canada until he was drafted. Um and 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 you or you have to have been going to school in Canada from grade five on. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's the only way you be, can can be considered a national player. There might be another couple of little options, but that that they're pretty much you have to be here. Somebody had to be born here, or you have to be here for a, a period of time. So no. Mexicans are not going to be considered national players just because they're not Americans. We don't have American players. Uh, it's not an American ratio. Okay? We're, oh, we're, I know. You know, we've got so many Americans on our team, so we're allowed to have so many others. No, that's not the way it works. And, and I'm not saying it to you so much, Marcus, the other people, that are, our audience, yeah. they need to realize that this is not a... Uh, uh, an American ratio and everybody else. This is a Canadian ratio and everybody else. So Mexicans are going to be considered the same quality as Americans. So if there's an Amer- a Mexican player that is capable and willing to play football better than any of the other 26,000 graduating NCAA Division I players that wants to come to Canada to play football, then he should come to Canada and play football if he's that good. Yep. Yeah. 
but he's he's going to be considered an international player, whether he was born in America, Mexico, or Swahili, or or Australia, or Swaziland. Sorry, uh, I don't care. Come play football. I want I want to be like what's his name the the bomber fan who's every time somebody gets released he goes come play football for Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Hans. Yeah. Hans, that's right. Hans Kruber. Hans Gruber. He Nakanomi only Tower. in the off season. He only comments on the off season. Yeah. Never says a word all season long. <laughs> ah, I love the CFL. And we know what words he's going to say when he comments in the off season. Yes. Yes. I think he's just got it copy and paste. I don't think he <laughs> rewrites it. And can people pick online it. when they – sorry. Go ahead, Charles. Go ahead. I was just going to say, can people online when they read this story, first of all, read the story, but when they see the headline, stop posting CFL for Canadians only and stuff like that? Because you sound so foolish when you do it. Nobody's this arguing. No different. This is no different from Americans coming to play here or anything else. But I see people getting bent out of shape over this for whatever reason. They're trying to find new outlets to bring in new players. Why is this a bad thing? I don't think it's so much to bring in new players. I really do not believe that anybody anticipates a Mexican player coming up to the CFL and being successful. Nobody out there is expecting that to happen. Okay? Nobody. That's like the the NF, NHL taking players from Denmark after Canada just beat them fourteen nothing. Sorry, that was a joke. Um, nobody mm-hmm. expects the Mexicans to make a team, okay? But what we're trying to do is create an audience in Mexico that is going to pay the CFL money to broadcast our games, so that we can pay our fifty four thousand dollar a year players more. The money has to come from somewhere, and right now the viewer audience in Canada is in decline. So if you expect, and not only at the gate, on the TV, so if you expect to be paying the players more money, that revenue has to come from somewhere, whether it's America, Mexico, England, Australia, or Taiwan. I don't care, but the revenue has to come from somewhere. So I will give Ambrosi some credit here, just a little bit, for trying to open up a new market for our great game. I don't know how successful it's going to be. It kind of sounds funny, but so be it. Along those lines, do you think Ambrosi is going to push for a game down there? Wouldn't surprise me. I would think that playing games in the United States right now would make a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay? I'm not talking about putting a team down there. I'm not talking about opening the league up down there. I'm not op- talking about opening a mirrored league down there. I'm not talking about changing the ratio or anything. Talk about going down there and playing some football. I'd love to see it happen. You can do it in stadiums like the Rose Bowl 
where they got the track around the outside. Because you can extend the field to the sidelines mm-hmm. and then put the coaches on the track, kind of like Commonwealth Stadium. Because you need a bigger field to play the Canadian game properly down there, and if you don't have the, uh, the bigger field, you can't play football. Anybody else want to touch base on this Mexico thing? Will, I can't believe you haven't got anything to say on this. Yeah, you know what? I don't care. <laughs> it is what it is. They want to bring Mexicans, great. They want to bring Jehovah Witnesses, great. doesn't matter. All I'm looking for is good <laughs> Yeah, okay, exactly. I mean, I mean, let's face it. Okay, maybe, maybe... If Mexico has a combine, there's one Mexican kid down there who's a natural, okay, and he's a football player. And there you go. Or, you know, Mexico they're pretty they're pretty famous for soccer, so maybe we can find get a, a kicker. Of field there you go. That's what I was thinking. Oh, and that, that, I thought it was funny when you said that it's a natural football player, and I was going to say he's probably a kicker. I know what you think about kickers. You know, or you see, find some big, fat, greasy guy who eats tacos 24-7, and he's a natural defensive tackle. You never know. Right. You never know. I would, if I was looking for football talent, I'd look everywhere. The and they're not doing their due diligence if they don't. That's correct. Mm-hmm, exactly. I mean, let's face it. Looking in America, they've made some big mistakes in their lifetime. Okay, so what the heck? It hurts. And once again, hey, if Mexicans are interested in football, hey, exposure is a wonderful thing anywhere. I don't care where it's at. So... said good night. We all okay. we moving all on. Yeah, well we oh. I was typing, right? So sorry, dead air. Typical program, right? Uh Halifax has sold six thousand tickets or has got six deposits on six thousand tickets. Whoopee big deal. They have six thousand people who have put fifty dollars down that is refundable. Do you want to hear the funny thing? Our buddy Kelly Bale from Regina, Saskatchewan, is one of the 6,000. He yep. put 50 bucks down to support the team. How many other people around the CFL have done this? I can't believe that he's unique. I wouldn't do it because I don't think that Halifax is going to be successful. So there's no way I would do that, even if I was going to get my money back. So why... Is this such a big coup to bringing uh, the football team to Halifax? I have no idea. This is completely amazing. The dumbest thing that I've seen is that the organization that is working on bringing a team to Halifax, who has named their team that does not exist, they haven't got a franchise, is Mm -hmm. now selling logo wear 
that the is merchandise. so merchandise that is so close to being red blacks. It's amazing. Okay, that wasn't just me that thought that then. Okay. No, it was not. No, I think no. that's everybody. Everybody, I mean, it just, I look at this, you hold your name, oh, oh, it's red, black. And, and then, oh, my God. I don't know. Yeah. It just completely blows my mind how they think they can do this. So, yeah, you can buy a T-shirt that says Atlanta Schooners on it, football club. And it's got the red and black tartan on it. It's so close, or no, it's not so close. It is identical to the Ottawa Red Blacks. I, I I don't know. I don't. I absolutely don't understand how a they can get away with it, and b why would they do it this early? Yeah, can they at least get the franchise awarded? Before they start selling merchandise? Right now they're selling merchandise to a franchise that does not exist. But the Schooners did that before because you can buy yeah. Atlantic yeah, Schooner t-shirts from the well, 90s, 80s, yeah. whenever it was. 84? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at it right now. It literally has the lumberjack red and black plaid going down the front of the shirt, which is identical to what the red blacks look like. Uh. And there's people out there, I see them every day saying, oh, well, now that we've got a team in Halifax, no, you (laughs) actually don't. They're like, it's coming, it's coming. And so no, it's not. Six thousand others. Ugh. It's not coming. Considering they don't have a stadium, I'm surprised they've even gotten six thousand people. Well, yeah, but how many are from around the league? Oh, oh, I know. Yeah. How many are from around the league? How many of those are companies buying tickets, mm-hmm. or at least putting money in for tickets? I'd like to know how many of those 6,000 are actual individuals that live in the Halifax area. Yeah, or has Ambrosi just got all his corporate buddies to buy them? Yeah. And like I pointed out before, and I was told that I was off base with my comparison, but I personally don't think I am. The uh, The group that landed the NHL team in Seattle held a season yes. ticket drive. They sold 12,500 deposits and it was a lot more than 50 bucks, trust me. And those people were also being asked to make a multi-year commitment, but they sold 12,500 in 15 minutes. It it was uh it was $1,000. Yeah. You had to put $1,000 down on your credit card right now, and you had to commit to, I think it was three or three to five years or uh, something, three, wasn't it, Charles? Yeah, three to five years. And I know Winnipeg did the same thing. 
And people yep. come up to me and they're saying, oh, well, 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 that's big business, that's hockey, that's the NHL, that's on a different level. Yes, and I agree with you, but the deposits that these people were putting down, they were on a different level. These guys are shelling out a 1000 bucks per ticket. You were shell- asked to shell out 50 and you can't get 10000 You've got 6000 I mean, this is not overwhelming. We've been being heard from the from this this proposed ownership group. We've been hearing from other people, other fans. We've been hearing from Randy Ambrosi. Oh, this region is starving for CFL football. Well, that's not what we're seeing in front of us. Okay, just uh, FYI. That plaid is called a Mackinac Buffalo plaid. Okay, just thought I'd share that with you. It's mm-hmm. not unique to the Ottawa Red Blacks, but it is their logo. Right. I mean, I used to wear one of these when I was younger. Okay. Let's get past Halifax. It gets our dander up. Does anybody else want to say anything? Will? I don't care. Is that what you want to say, Bill? No, I Bill? think Halifax. I think Halifax is a big mistake. I really do. And yeah. do I really care? Not. I, I thought know. it's been a big mistake from the beginning. Every time somebody mentioned I, I, Halifax, I, I said you're an idiot. Think it is on Randy Ambrosi's agenda and he wants to force it through to make it part of his legacy and I think it's going to die on the vine. It's going to fail. It's going to fail. Charlton Heston is going to be able to star in this picture because it's going to be of epic biblical proportions. I, I I think we should put a team in Red Deer if you're going to put one in Halifax, okay? Oh, I think we should put one in London or, or Windsor before Halifax. I, I, I'd buy tickets to the, the Red Deer Alberta CFL team, and I'd go to those games. It's only an hour drive from my house. What the hell? Yeah. Okay. Where's our time? we got 13 minutes left in the show. Okay. Jumping. Oh, oh my God. Um. We're going to leave the schedule. Going to jump over the schedule segment here. Johnny Manziel, named Playmaker of the Year. Newsmaker of the Year. Sorry, Newsmaker. newsmaker playmaker, my ass. Uh, newsmaker of the Year for the CFL. I'm not going to say a word on this one. Will, what are your thoughts? Did we lose him? No, we didn't. Will, turn on your mic again. Come on, you got to talk Sorry, about what Johnny. What did you say? Johnny Manziel has been named the newsmaker of the year in the CFL. Well, if you if you think about how many times they talked about him, I guess he's the newsmaker. But there was no news other than Johnny might play. 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 Johnny, might play, Johnny got traded. Johnny started a game and threw four interceptions. Then Johnny played, and then Johnny didn't play. What a crock of shit. 
But all those Americans have been listening and watching because he's here. Hey, go for it. Is he the biggest newsmaker in the CFL? We heard about him the most, yes. So Yeah. Bullshit. Was it good? Was, is, was Johnny Manziel in the year of 2018 good or bad for the Good. Absolutely good. Put Excellent. The CFL, put the CFL on the spotlight, and Americans finally, I think, realized that any American quarterback come up can't come up here and dominate the league because they never have and they never will have and they never will be able to. So it's more than just a beer league. You know what I mean? Yep. Pretty we simple. know that. We've got to prove it to them. Yep. That, that means we have to take some games down to the America and play some CFL games in America and show them what a great product we have. Mark, what are your thoughts right. on Johnny Manziel, Newsmaker of the Year? Oh, definitely he's the Newsmaker of the Year for good, bad, or indifferent football. His name kept popping up constantly, and it brought more American fans into watching the game. So whether he turns into the two-year guy and leaves as soon as he can after his contract's up, he's been great for exposure for in the United States. Now it shows on, our, on the Facebook page by itself with the amount of Americans that are on it now. I would love to see Johnny Manziel on a CFL on a real CFL team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not fair. Not fair having him in Montreal. It's really not fair to him. No. That team's a joke. He he plays a Mike Riley style of football. He would be perfect in Edmonton to replace Mike Riley when Riley goes to BC. Oh, do I ever get shit from Eskimo fans when I say that's going to happen? Oh, my God, do they ever freak out. I keep saying that Jonathan Jennings is going to Edmonton. Mike Riley's an asset to the Edmonton Eskimos. Are they going to – is Brock Sunderland going to allow him to get to free agency and escape with nothing? Or prior to free agency, is Mike Riley going to be traded just like Darian Durant, just like Mike Riley was traded to Edmonton in the first place, just like James Franklin was traded from Edmonton to Toronto, just like so many other players are traded before they become free agents because the team does not want to lose an asset. Now, if Mike Riley is traded to the BC Lions because that's where Mike Riley wants to go, what are the Edmonton Eskimos going to get from the BC Lions? Well, let's face facts. He's going to be a free agent. He has absolutely no value, nope. but he's an asset. You could trade a bag of tape for him, and it would be realistic because BC could lose him come free agency. So you're not going to do that. What's the perfect trade? Well, another quarterback that's going to be a free agent, Jonathan Jennings. I think Jonathan Jennings is going to be an Edmonton Eskimo before February 15th. It's my call. Too many people out there think I'm crazy, but I sure am having fun picking on Eskimo fans. They do not like him at all. But, yeah, it really needs to happen. 
What do you guys think? Charles, come on. You're a BC Lions fan. Uh, Mike yeah, Riley coming to BC? I, I thought for a while he's coming to BC, and you say that uh, you're catching hell from uh, Eskimos fans online when you say that uh, uh, Riley's going to end up in BC. Well, when I was in Edmonton for the Grey Cup, um, I was uh, talked a lot to Edmonton fans, and many of the ones I talked to also thought he was going to end up in BC. So I do, I believe... Now, there's a caveat to this, that he doesn't sign down in the NFL with the Jacksonville Jaguars, yeah. which you can't rule out with, with, with um, Scott Milanovic as the offensive coordinator there. You cannot rule that possibility out. But no. having said that, if he does not uh, sign with Jacksonville, I do think he's coming back here to, Lions, to the Lions because all the signs are kind of pointing to that in that direction. Uh, I think it would be a good thing. Uh, are they going to get Jennings back in return? Who knows? Um, he's going to end I think he'll end up somewhere. I think if he doesn't end up in Edmonton, I think the other likely landing spot for him would be in Saskatchewan. Uh, but, yes, I do think Riley will be a Lion next year. Okay. I, I'm not getting trouble from Eskimo fans saying that Riley's coming to B.C., I think they pretty oh, much sorry. accepted that, or most I of them. I get, I get flack for saying Jennings is going to be Eskimo. Well, they're going to need a quarterback, so tell they're me going who to they're going to need a quarterback better than him. They, he's, he's the number three quarterback on – well, number four quarterback on the free agency list right now. Mm-hmm. After uh, Mike Riley, Bo Levi Mitchell, and Trevor Harris. And if Mitchell goes anywhere, it's going to be the NFL. If Riley goes yeah. anywhere, it's going to BC. And if Trevor Harris – He's staying in Ottawa. He's going to he'll be in Ottawa. Okay. So the the first available quarterback, quality quarterback, is going to be Jonathan Jennings. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, he's the one that they're going to be fighting over. Now, if Bo, Le- Bo Levi Mitchell goes to the NFL, Calgary needs a quarterback. Right? They have not groomed right. one around along enough. Big problem, big problem, not grooming quarterbacks when you think you've got an all-star. Edmonton doesn't have a quality backup quarterback right now. They've all got guys that are, you know, that, that you think are really going to be really good, like Chris Stravler and, and, and James Franklin and those type of players. they got those guys who, you know, they have potential and they look like they're going to be amazing, but we don't know that. James Franklin was a complete bust in Toronto last year. So, you know, yes, Calgary has a backup quarterback that may or may not be okay, but is he quality, starter quality? I don't think so. Put Jonathan Jennings in a different system than the BC Lions, and I think you've got yourself a quality quarterback. And you you, you put him into the Calgary system, he's going to be amazing. What was that, Will? I said Calgary's second-string quarterback has been cut by Calgary twice. Yeah. So yeah. You tell me. Yeah. Is he going to be your starter next year? I doubt it. Yeah. So, if, if, if Bo Levi Mitchell signs a futures contract with a signing bonus, because he said he's not going down there without one, and, and – that means he has to go to NFL training camp. When is that? Starts in September. 
Yep. You you don't have um, a quarterback this year. No, but you heard it here first. Calgary will never sign Jonathan Jennings. He's not he's not the mold he's not the mold that Calgary usually has. I don't I don't think so either. I don't think so either. So, so who is they going to sign? Kevin Glenn? They'll sign they'll sign Kevin Glenn and wait till Bo comes back. Not a bad move. Not a dumb move. Well, or who knows what Calgary has waiting in the wings. And well, yes, they got that they new kid. A... They got that new kid that can't, they just signed it last year. Yeah, but it's got no CFL experience. That's like bringing up Johnny Manziel. I, 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 the scariest thing for me this year coming up is if Bo, Le- Bo Levi signs in the NFL, Mike Riley. And I don't think he'll sign in the NFL, but there is a possibility. It's going to be a very, very weak quarterback league. Just in oh, my mind. Dude, look, look at the – there's 15 quarterbacks. 15 quarterbacks that are free agents this year. Jonathan Jennings <laughs> yep. is number four. Yep. Okay? Yep. On that list, Jonathan Jennings is number four. Uh-huh. Four of them should retire. I agree. Well, Drew Tate did. Ricky Ray, Kevin Glenn, um, and Zach Caleros all should retire. Retire. Yeah, I agree with that, too. Okay. Kevin Drew Willie's on that list. Drew Willie's Well, he is a free agent, so maybe Calgary yeah. signs Drew Willie. And they put the quarterback magic on him, and he's the next great one. What do you think, Montel Kozak, <laughs> Kozart? Yeah. Will, can I please see with Drew Willie in Calgary? That would make everybody in the West very happy. Um, well, yeah. It, it also Not everyone. Will very happy. It would make me so happy that I would quit watching football forever. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. Running out of time here. We're not going to touch the schedule release. We'll do that next week. We're going to do these shows every Wednesday night now from now on until uh, we get into training camp or beginning of the season. That's okay with you guys. We need to have that Sunday night review of the weekend games. So uh, let's just keep it Wednesday nights from now on. And, uh, we'll move it on. Right. And uh, Block Talk Bitch just told me i got 90 seconds, so I'm going to wrap the show up. Uh, so put the... CFL schedule. We'll do that on the next show, Charles, if that's okay with you. Yep. And uh, this has been Let's Talk CFL podcast episode number 303. It's your Happy New Year episode. I've been your host, Christopher Jones, and we've uh, bantered around and talked some football. We've gone off the script. The script was not, but it was a wonderful uh, uh, agenda for us, Charles. Thank you much as always it's been, yep. it was a wonderful show i enjoyed this and uh, like i said we were off the script most of the night but who cares we talk football and hopefully everybody out there listening to it likes it as well with 40 seconds left in the show mark say good night good night everybody good to be back talk to you on wednesday so when i say there's 40 seconds left you're supposed to talk a little bit more than that charles say good night good night folks thanks for listening we're back and uh, looking forward to seeing things evolve as the season gets closer.
Hey, six weeks till free agency. Will, say goodnight. Good night, everybody. Happy New Year. And let's go, go Bombers. You can do 42. Take care, everybody. Good night.